Welcome to another episode of the Father Ted Talk, broadcast here at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Now here's Father Ted. Every year during this month of May, our minds are directed to our mothers. First and foremost, to the, the mother we all have in common, the Blessed Virgin Mary, the woman who at the foot of the cross became the mother of us all. When our Lord said to him, Behold your son. When our Lord said to her, Behold your son. And that's the reason why during the month of May we so often have the May crowning. So we have the Blessed Virgin Mary crowned here to lift up our minds to her, to remind us that this is her month. And it's also a month where we commemorate all those women who have been a mother to us. Primarily those who bore us, but also any of those women who might have become to us a kind of spiritual mother during our time here on earth. This influence of the mother is something which can't be underestimated. Pope St. John Paul II, in his letter to women, had these words specifically directed to mothers at the end. He said, thank you women who are mothers. You have sheltered human beings within yourselves and a unique experience of joy and travail. This experience makes you become God's own smile upon the newborn child, the one who guides your child's first steps, who helps it to grow, and who is the anchor as the child makes its way along the journey of life. There's so many great saints that we know of today, so many great saints that have come down to us throughout the 2,000-year history of the church, and each and every last one of them had a mother. And many of them are saints, in large part due to the influence of their mother. St. John Maria Vianney said he learned how to pray by just simply watching his mother behave at church. What his mother did at church taught him what it meant to pray. The story of St. Augustine is famous, how his mother's tears and prayers brought about his own conversion. The mother of St. Louis IX, who was a king of France, her name is Blanco de Castilla, she instilled in her son, the future king of France, an understanding that devotion to God is more important than the affairs of the state. And she one time told him that she loved him more than any other mother could love a child, or as much as any human being could love her child. But, quote, I would, perf I would rather see you dead at my feet than that you should commit a mortal sin. And apparently it made a lasting impact because it's attested that he never actually committed a single mortal sin. And here at the Seton Shrine, we always have before our eyes the example of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, who is a mother in two senses of the word. She is a mother of five children that she had with her husband William before she became the mother of an entire spiritual family, the Sisters of Charity. And we shouldn't forget our other saint over here, St. Louise de Merillac. She also was a mother of a single son who she had before her husband passed away. And then she also went on to found with St. Vincent de Paul the Daughters of Charity. So she is also a mother in two senses of the word. And so in this beautiful month of the year, the month of May, the month of Mary, we celebrate that vocation to motherhood, which is such a beautiful one. 
And one of the reasons why it's so beautiful, maybe the primary reason why motherhood is such a beautiful vocation to have, is because it's primarily a vocation of love. We're all supposed to love each other. That's like a universal commandment. We heard in today's reading John, the Apostle John in the second reading, talking to all Christians, he said that, Beloved, let us love one another. Beloved, if God has so loved us, let we also must love one another. And it's just a reiteration of what our Lord said in the Last Supper that we just heard in today's Gospel. This is my commandment, the Lord's commandment. Love one another as I love you. Now, ultimately speaking, every single vocation that any one of us can receive, women or men, is going to be a vocation of love. St. John Paul II said the vocation we receive is just going to be God's way of asking us to love in a particular way during the course of our lives. So some people are called to love as celibate priests. Some people are called to love as mentors or missionaries or teachers. Many people are called to love in holy matrimony and thus reflect the love that Christ has for his church. But the vocation to motherhood, it's one of the most tangible expressions of the greatest form of love. Christ told us in today's gospel that the greatest form of love was that of laying down your life for your neighbor. That is, love is at its best when it is sacrificial. And all mothers have to love in this way. Not in the sense that they literally lay down their lives. They don't corporeally die for their children. In the same way that we say that every single Christian needs to have a cross in their lives. You, know, you can't claim to be a Christian unless you are following Christ crucified, unless you take up your daily cross. But when we say that every Christian has a cross, we don't actually mean that there's a piece of wood that we are going to be executed upon one day. And so too, when it comes to mothers, they're going to lay down their lives for their children, but that doesn't mean they're going to physically pass away as they care for their children. But it can and has happened. A very famous example of this is St. Gianna Beretta Mola. She was an Italian woman born in 1922, and she was a physician, a wife, and a mother. She, when she was pursuing her medical career, she was very active in the apostolate, working with Catholic Action and the St. Vincent de Paul Society. In 1949, she got her degree in surgery and medicine from the University of Pavia, and six years later she married Pietro Mola. And as a young wife, she had three children, they had three children together. But during her fourth pregnancy, she developed a painful fibroma in her uterus. And she chose the procedure that would not in any way endanger the life of her child in uterus. She said, if you must decide between me and the child, do not hesitate. Choose the child. I insist on it. Save him. A week after the child was born, she died of septic peritonitis. And in 2004, she was canonized and has since been declared the patroness of couples struggling with infertility. But again, mothers normally are not going to lay down their children for their... They're not going to normally lay down their lives for their children in such a dramatic way. 
but the daily dedication of raising a child is going to be akin to a slow holocaust of one's life. Just like Christ's whole life was a slow oblation to the Father. A mother gives up many of her own plans and desires in order to provide for her children, just as God, just, just as Christ rather, gave up his human will, his human desires, to fulfill the will of the Father. A mother suffers physically in bearing children and child rearing, just as Christ suffered physically on the cross. And oftentimes, the very people that she is doing all this for don't appreciate it, just like the people that were executing Christ did not appreciate the fact that he was giving up his life for them. It's a demanding life. But it's also one of the most satisfying of lives. Because man was made for love. That's just in part of our human nature. You cannot change that. There's nobody on the face of the earth that would actually wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm completely indifferent to love. I could be hated and despised all the days of my life and that is perfectly fine with me. We don't think that way. We need to receive love, first and foremost from on high, that unconditional love of the Father, but we also are made to give love. Only in doing that are we going to find fulfillment in this earthly existence. And to the extent that we do that, to the extent that we give that love, to the extent that we love God in our neighbor, we will find the reason for which we exist. Happiness. Remember the Lord, our Lord's words in today's Gospel. I have told you this. That's to say, I've told you about this necessity to love your neighbor, to lay down your life for your neighbor. I've told you this to sacrifice I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Our Lord told us to love, not just because it was one of the prerequisites of getting into heaven, but he told us to love in order that we might be happy here upon this earth. The happiness we seek, the happiness we all need, the happiness we all long for and thirst for flows from the love that we bestow. By giving up something here and now, by sacrificing ourselves here and now, by giving up rest, pleasure, preferences, whatever, giving up something here and now, sacrificing ourselves for the sake of somebody else, is precisely the way we are going to get what we really want in life, happiness. Because when we love, when we do this, when we sacrifice ourselves for the sake of the other, we possess God who is the source of all joy. And so Mother Teresa of Calcutta could say, Happiness is inside ourselves. We are not happy because we are loved, but because we love. We were made for happiness. We were made for beatitude. We were made for fulfillment. Life is not a sad affair. It's a joyous affair. The world is not a desert. It is a garden. We are not born to suffer. We are born to rejoice. God desires that we have a full, integral, continuous state of happiness. One of the most sure signs that somebody is not living the spiritual life well or that is not necessarily full of the Spirit is that they are living a very crabby and moody existence. One of the fruits of the Holy Spirit that St. Paul talks about is joy. 
without that joy, we're missing a major part of that gift that Christ came to bring us. The saints have laid out the path to heaven, showing us that even in the midst of incredible trials, you can find that joy. Chile's first saint, by the name of uh, Teresa of the Andes, she said, when Jesus is loved, everything is joy. The cross is not heavy. Martyrdom is not felt. We live more in heaven than on earth. And St. Gabriel Posenti, this um, Italian passionist seminarian who died at the tender age of 23 from tuberculosis, was always happy. In fact, he wrote to his father that my life is one of unending joy even as he struggled with tuberculosis. So if happiness is to be found by loving other people, this week, let's take some concrete steps to actually go about doing that. We can do ourselves a favor by simply making that decision to love somebody else. Very concretely, making a list of things that you can do for somebody else. That would change the entire tone of your week. If instead of asking yourself, okay, what can you do for me? How can you make my life better? What is the service you're going to provide for me? If you were to reverse that and say, what can I do for you? How can I serve you? How can I love you? How can I make your life easier or better? So this week, think of like one idea, one thing that you can do to ease the burden of your wife. Think of one small thing you can do to make your boss's or your co-worker's job a little bit easier. Think of one small thing you can do to bring encouragement or joy into your parents' lives. Think of a friend or a relative who is suffering, and think of one small thing you can do to support them. That is the way we follow St. John's admonition, where St. John the Apostle told us, let us love, not in word or speech, but in deed, with our actions. If Christian happiness is in proportion to the amount that we love, then we know that there was nobody who had more happiness than the Blessed Virgin Mary. That is why she is said to be full of joy. Mater, plena sancte Laetitia. And for this reason, St. Paul VI says, we, her children on earth, invoke her as the cause of our joy. So let us ask through her intercession for that grace that we might this week be able to love sacrificially so that we might experience some of that fullness of joy which Christ came to bring us.